Welcome to our 100th episode. I think it's technically our 107th-ish, but let's just call it 100 uh, official episodes. Anyway, we recorded this live at Stomping Ground with Tiff from the Bear Collective uh, slash ABNBev and Asha from Stomping Ground. Also had a live crowd. We had some questions in there as well. I did edit around the questions just to, because uh, you can't really hear them, uh, for most of them, Dave will explain back what was asked. But there's one really good question um, from our friend Fee, and it was all about Stomping Ground, uh, I guess, whether or not the reputation of Stomping Ground means they can kind of coast a little bit. Um, I'm very much paraphrasing what uh, Fee has said, so apologies to you for that, Fee. But that'll give you some context for when for when Asher answers it. Really good time, really good chat, so, so have a listen also, if you're a Patreon supporter, please note, check your email, is what you need to note. Uh, we had an email go out today about our custom wildflower blend uh, that'll be up on the site on Saturday the 10th of February. So if you haven't checked your email, go do that now, and if it's after the 10th of February, you may have missed out. So, sorry, uh, be more connected i guess is my only advice for the future anyway um thanks to everyone for for listening and, and thanks to stomping ground uh, and our other supporters who we'll talk about during the show cheers I'm pretty good, you? I'm all right. We didn't really think of any content before no, we came out. No, 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 but we got some good guests, so who yeah. cares about us when we have good guests? Hey, Tiff. Hi, guys. Uh, so Tiff was our very first guest on Isle of a Time. I looked up the date. It was March 3rd, 2014. So it took a full four years to come back around. Yeah. No, you've been on since then. Oh, yeah, since then, yeah. <laughs> but but um, we've raised the bat tonight. A hundred shows. Yeah. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> I think next time I want applause, I'm going to do this, and then you go into wild applause, and I'll do that, and you can stop. <laughs> okay. Um, what's also kind of a coincidence is the show that she was on was the first time we used the Toe Hider theme music, uh, and my, Mike from Toe Hider's here. So yeah, it's been sort of four years, four years of podcasting, just over. Uh, so we've got our, you know, the, the person that wrote our theme music and our very first guest here, uh, which is really exciting. And I'm glad everyone could be here to do it. I didn't so, think we'd ever do a live show, to be honest. Yeah, we've. Ne- yeah, I didn't really ever want to do a live show. No, I'm sort of thinking twice now at the moment. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would turn up. Uh, so it's cool that people have. A couple of things, a little bit of housekeeping. Well, not so much housekeeping, but Tiff's brought along a couple of uh, really good prizes. Ooh. One that, there was two. There was almost <laughs> going to be one because I really wanted it for myself. Uh, we haven't really thought about giving them I said them all. you could have another one later. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah, I could have two. I won't, we won't say what they are, but what we're going to do while we're talking to Tiff, and we're going to get Asher from Stomping Ground along as well, uh, we're going to basically, if you guys have any questions, feel free to just put, put up your hand. And if we think you've asked a really good question, you're going to get a really good prize. Um, if you've asked an okay question, there'll be an okay prize. Yeah. <laughs> there were going to be stickers for that, and I forgot to bring them. Also, we've got a dozen. Twelve. Twelve. A dozen, a dozen. Last time I checked. Twelve Jumping the Sharks from 2017, uh, which is a Moondog beer. How boozy is it? 14 point something. I don't know. Yeah. It's I like, like that it's addressed to Mr. Ellis. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Mr. Ellis. We're going to do some sort of quiz. Which we... We've half worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you win, you win 12 incredibly boozy beers. Yeah. Uh, we thought about ways to, like, individually give them out or a few spot prizes here and there. We thought it's way more fun if one person takes them all home. Yeah. We figured you could do a 12-year vertical or it's going to be a long weekend. So enjoy your long weekend, whoever wins it. Tiff. Yeah. In the last four years... What's been happening? Yeah. Tell us about beer in the last four years. No, but like when we talked to you, you were about to open Two Row. Yeah. Now you're working for Goose Island. Oh, no, you're actually I, working for... I work for AB InBev. Okay. Yeah. So things have definitely 
changed a whole lot in the last four years. Four years ago, would you ever thought you'd be working for AB and Not a chance, no. In the last four years, at what point did you decide just to totally sell out? It would have been about 12 months ago, exactly. <laughs> sure, you agonised over it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, four years ago, CUB is a totally different company than the company it is now. 12 months ago, I probably still wouldn't even have worked there, to be honest. I mean... I guess I was craft beer higher number one, and it's kind of changed a lot even since I started. So, you know, I work in a team full of people who have like a good understanding of the difference between a Berliner Weiss and a Gosa. So, I mean, four years ago, do you think many people at CUB knew that difference <laughs> if they weren't brewers? What did you see um, that made you go, all right, I'll take a leap here? I, uh, I was in the interview and I was, Kind of just seeing, like, just seeing whatever, up, up for it, whatever, see what's going on. And they were kind of dropped Goose Island and Camden Town and whatever else might happen. And I was like, oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Why did you just go, whatever else might happen, and then look slyly? Because we all know what's happened since then. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. I thought there might have been more stuff. Oh, well, I mean, there's, you know, the possibility of Wicked Weed and Golden Road and... Yeah. Del Borgo, there's plenty of other things that live in the world now, so... Pirate Life? Pirate Life. Four Pines. Four Pines. So do you and your job look after them? No. They run as their own companies. I mean, it's awesome because we can work with the Four Pines guys, so they officially become part of CUB in February 1st, so... But they'll still have their own sales team, their own marketing team. It does mean that I can go out for a beer with them, and it goes on the company card but it's kind of just like bringing new friends into the family more Mm. than anything else so tiff uh when i think you used to work in marketing right was your years ago when we first met yeah social media and and i remember we went to a beer launch uh mornington peninsula pale was first launched in cans which seems like a standard beer now (laughs) and like yeah that was like oh my god it was crazy what yeah and you would just quit your job uh, to become a social media person for the brewing industry. Yeah. And I think you said to me, I remember saying, like, oh, I'm not really enjoying where I work. And you said, yeah, just quit your job. Uh, I did eventually. I did tell you to do that, yeah, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, it seemed me broke. I was like, I just did it. It's fine. You <laughs> yeah. can do it too. Do you recommend... I think there's a lot of people here that work in the... the or are dabbling in the beer industry. How do you think, other than just quitting your job, how do you do it now? Because it's very more, much more professional than it was back then. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess when I did it, I didn't have a plan B. So when you have no safety net, you make it work, which you will, you also know that that's how it works. Yeah. And I think it's also about if you really want to work in beer, what do you have to offer? So what are your skills and how can you apply them to the beer industry? So that's really was, okay, I have a good understanding of like how to talk to the beer community So I turned that into what I did in beer. Mm. So I think that's probably, I think the key of don't go, I'm going to do what somebody else is doing. Find out what you can do to help the beer industry. What can you do to change the market? What can you do to help somebody in doing what they're already doing? First things first, though, quit your day job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I pretty much quit my day job to help out with Good Beer Week. Nobody got paid for Good Beer Week back then, so uh, it was a, an interesting idea that I had. <laughs> so you quit to volunteer, basically. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, cool. Um, can you give us any insight into what... Because I guess you're not working, for people that don't know, you don't work for Goose Island as such. Mm. It's the Beer Collective. Yes. Uh, so what does that encompass? So the Beer Collective is a sort of separate business unit at CUB, and we have a sales team that focuses just on like the premium and high-end and craft beers. So it does mean that we talk about Stella Artois and Corona. How do you do that? Actually, the story around Stella Artois is quite good. There's a, an amazing history behind the brewery. There's history behind the beer. And also the pouring ritual is a fantastic way of teaching hospitality staff to pour beer properly. Mm. Because So... For me, I teach somebody how to pour a Stella properly, the whole, 
nine step poor and the ridiculousness, but but that's like the on flowing of that is people have a very good understanding of how to pour a proper beer, which means that now I can go into a lot more venues and get a beer poured properly, and I feel really good about that. Okay, how does AB and Bev um, qualify what premium is? Uh, yeah, that's some algorithms that I'm not even really sure of, to be honest. Fair enough. I think. So we've got, uh, to give you a, a bit of an insight to what beers we're pouring, and I think some of you have already got into the Juicy Jedi. Is that what we decided it was? I think I might have been Jedi Juice. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so um, yeah. for people that don't know, uh, there's two breweries. There's three, ra- uh, three Ravens and Hop Nation, and they both brew really good New England IPAs. One's called Jedi Juice, and the other one's called Juicy. Basically, I was chatting to them today, and they explained it to me, and I got really confused. They were going to email me what it, the whole process, and I... They didn't. So what they've done, I think, is they've brewed a version of their own beer in each other's breweries, blended them. No, they've brewed their own beer, and then they've brewed the other person's beer, blended them, and then hopped them half and half, I think. Does that make sense? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway. So it's going to be hazy. It's going to be hazy and juicy. Two of the best examples of hazy IPA collaborated. And we have one of the examples tonight. I know at the, both breweries they're doing on Saturday, they're doing the launch of the two beers. So you guys are the first to taste Ooh. either ones outside of the you brewery. Have one. There you go, yeah. Um, you're also the first to take, taste them. That works them. really well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that a lot tonight, just heads up. You're also the first to taste them side by side. So even the brewers themselves haven't tasted them side by side. Uh, so we've got one of them on tap. Uh, I think you've just poured one. Is it the... Yep. Uh, the, and the keg says what it is, so we have an answer. We just don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we've got the other one in Growlers, which you're about to open and pour out as well. Um, huge thank you to those guys. They've donated that to us as well. Everyone's been way too kind to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you go along to the... <laughs> it's a great visual gag. <laughs> just that sort of power is yeah. intoxicating. Can we play a game of, like, which one's hazier? Ooh, I'm fine. sure we can. Maybe that's um, a spot prize. No, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Who, <laughs> Pop Nation wins a prize? I don't think that makes sense. Um, if you go, to, I know one of the the bar people at Hop Nation is dreading. They're doing a tasting paddle of Jedi Juicy, Juicy Jedi, Juicy, and Jedi Juice. Mm-hmm. And what order do you taste them in? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Like his, alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His brain's going to be mushed by the end of it. Like, we've only talked about two of them, and I'm so confused right now. Yeah. Anyone have any questions for Tiff before we get out the beer? Begsy. So, for those that can't hear, Begsy ask, when are we going to get some good beer in sporting venues? Which is a great question that we've asked a couple of times. I don't remember who to. Well, um, yeah. I think when I started my job... And I put down the top three things I wanted to achieve. One was IPA at the MCG. So obviously, we all know we're getting closer and closer to that. And I mean, it's definitely something that we talk about in the office. I don't know when or what. I do know that we're looking at, it's definitely something that's considered. And I think it's hopefully something we'll see soon. Do you know what kind of things have to be overcome to achieve that? Uh, basically, we need more people to know what an IPA is and drink more IPAs. So uh, go around, sh- spread the love of what an IPA is. It'll make it a whole lot easier if we're all drinking more IPA. Um, does everyone have a, an empty glass in front of them? Or do they have a glass they can make it empty? Oh, it sounds like a good activity. Put up your hand if you don't have an empty glass. What is that? You gave me a half and half. <laughs> Okay, that's what I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll get some glasses out and I'll, I'll pour this. Um, can Tiff can continue to wow us while you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, what, I'm doing what? Oh, uh, any more questions for Tiff oh, while yeah. we... Questions, yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not really the person who's able to talk about all of this. And I think the answer right now is it's actually far too early to tell. Um, but, I, but I think, yes, definitely. I think what we'll see is we know Pyro Life's building a much bigger brewery and the result is going to be a lot more Pirate Life. So the and question so that there just was, means yeah, a lot more hops. What do we expect to see uh, the integration of Pirate Life into the overall brand looking like? And, yeah, um, the answer is not tomorrow. It'll be a little <laughs> while yet. Anything else for Tiff? 
We're not going to have to choose between two questions, surely. Really? Come on, guys. <laughs> Although I was expecting the juicy ones about pirate life immediately. Brick, right, shoot. <laughs> All right, so now that uh, Goose I is coming out and brewing, we're yes. going to get an exclusive from Tiff, which we ask for every time, and she never gives us any. You know what? I'm going to let this one drop, and I'm probably not supposed to, but I will anyway. They're not listening. It's okay. Eh, it's fine. You're right. Uh, I'll listen. But Sophie is going to be here from next month, so we'll see. Does everyone know what Sophie is? So Sophie is a partially barrel-aged Saison with orange zest. Personally, I think that's like my desert island beer. And I'm not saying that just because I work with Goose Island and I'm fairly obsessed with Goose Island now, but... That is my uh, favorite of the range. Yeah, that I've it had, is so, yeah. just, you can drink a lot of it. You can drink it with food. It's delicious. When are we going to have Sophie at the MCG on Boxing Day? <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> a Boxing Day tomorrow. Are there sports on on Boxing Day? No, it's not Box. What? It's Australia Day tomorrow. Uh, that's I know. Uh, I asked the question about Boxing Day, and you said tomorrow. So, uh, that's all good. Oh right. Uh, what else? Give us some I, more. I think the other thing we're looking at is bringing some of the sours in to actually have available, and not just me hoarding them and giving them out piece by piece. And do we think that um, they'll always be imported? The sours, yes, yeah. definitely. I mean, we'll. Ne- it takes, let's say, decades to build a barrel program like that. It's not, it's not something that you could say, yeah, we're going to have barrel-aged beers next year. That's definitely something that's much further away. And as you may have read in some publications, there is going to be a brew pub, so we will have locally brewed beers, like interesting small batch, locally brewed beers from a Goose Island brewer all the time. As to where and when, I can't say that yet, but yeah. Are there any plans to expand the uh, core range of locally brewed beers around? Yeah, definitely. I I was trying to get more information about which ones they might be, but okay, yes. That I I actually don't don't know yet. Okay, fair enough. That's, you know, lots of people have opinions. Fair enough. What's the next thing happening uh, Goose Island-wise? At Goose Island, like, in Chicago? Sure. Or here. Here? I mean, the, obviously, we're hoping to open a brew pub as soon as possible. It's um, so fun. And the next thing is going to be Sophie, which, personally, I'm pretty excited about. So. Do you want to do a live show to launch Sophie? A what? A live show to launch Sophie? Yeah, do you want to? And we how can. much Sophie do we get in oh. for payment of that? Yeah. <laughs> How about you just give us some Sophie? Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to organise all this. And then you can drink it and just have a show talking about Sophie? Yeah. Sure. Right. All right. I'm I mean, good. it's worked itself yeah. out nicely, hasn't it? We're such shells for the man now. Begsy next. All right. So if I may condense it. You used to be in the craft beer bubble. You're now outside the craft beer bubble. Is there any blowback associated with that? And how do you deal with it? And what sort of stuff is it? Is that <laughs> uh, just as... Can we Begsy? give him a hat for that question? Sure. I mean, we, All right. we, we had one more to come, but I mean, I guess you've picked out a hat winner already. No, I liked it. I liked it. All right. Cool. Are you used craft beer bubble in that sense? You've won a hat because you asked the longest question. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, I'm clapping. There we go. Hand stop. <laughs> Just so we all know, I may never show this back to the marketing and comps people. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no way they listen, right? Only if I send it to them. I think we're safe. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> until I send this to them and then they hear me saying this. Hi, guys. Um, so, blowback, yeah, absolutely, oh, of course. But I think... Go and fill some glasses up, Luke, yeah. I understand people's positions on deciding to only buy independent. I am not going to argue with somebody who decides to only buy independent. Um, I am in a position now to teach a lot more people about our bubble that we all live in. I know everybody in this room right now lives in that same craft beer bubble. What it means is, and I was, you know, I was at Mr. West earlier this afternoon just having a beer, having a paddle actually. They've launched paddles tonight. Uh, You know, he said, what were you doing this afternoon? I said, I was at a pub around the corner and I was teaching people how to pour beer because, you know, 
while there are literally thousands of bartenders in Melbourne, how many people actually understand why we pour beer the way we do and then how to better pour beer. So the actual, the positive side of why I've decided to jump ship, go to the dark side, however you want to see it, is that I actually get to teach people about that there's more to beer than it being yellow and fizzy and gets you drunk. And I'm teaching people how to serve beer better. And I'm teaching people about beer styles, so. I guess for you personally, it's more about um, being able to access the people outside that bubble and try and bring them a bit closer rather than dealing with the people who are in there and are mad at you for uh, jumping ship. Yeah, absolutely. What is that? Something about rising ships thing? Rising tide rises all ships? That's the Let's one. Rising tide gathers no moss. What yeah. do we think about this beer? <laughs> yeah. Something, something hazy IPA. Yeah. Um, okay, so pizzas have just arrived. Ooh. So feel free to share around pizzas. Uh, I didn't check about dietary requirements, so I apologise. Uh, you got people... any problems? <laughs> so don't blame you me. You, you know what you like. Yeah. Um, now we have we... one more question for Tiff, sorry. Oh, sorry. From uh, a great name, Dave. Yeah. I would love to know the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. So the, the question was, uh, Goose Island beers in New Zealand. Um... I would love to see Goose Island in New Zealand. Um, it's something, again, we've discussed. I don't have an answer to it. The ironic thing is Lion actually distributes CUB beers in New Zealand. Um, so it's, you know, probably not a short-term play. Something, you know, again, share IPA with your friends. It means we can make more IPA and then make more. Share this podcast with your friends yeah. and an Ooh, IPA. That's <laughs> Um, now I've Drink just come more podcast. <laughs> I've just poured everyone. Didn't have much chance to win the hat there, Dave, because it was uh, already given away. But thanks for the question. Look, if we don't get anything better, you might get the other prize. So. <laughs> <laughs> no competition. Um, we've just poured the Hop Nation version of the Which Jedi would be Juicy. Jedi Juicy, whatever it is. Yeah, I really like it, Dave. You got a taste? I think it's pretty delicious. I wonder. It's a little bit creamier to me. I wonder if that's just the carbonation because of the growler. Mm. But um, I'm wondering if growler, growler versus fresh keg. Yeah. Yeah. Almost that's unfair. Definitely so, a factor. But I also think that the um, the juicy Jedi seems a little bit more bitter to me, which is fun. Mm. But they're both really tasty. So, has anyone here tasted both? A uh, few people have had a chance to taste both so far. Oh no, nothing. Uh, Emma, what did you think? What's your favourite? The, th the first one? Three Ravens one? Do you think it was because of the um, method of delivery? Like, is it, is it that or is it the flavour profile? The original versions? Yeah, closer to the original. For Do we argue Ravens. that a hazy IPA shouldn't be bitter, though? Definitely it shouldn't be bitter. And I think this doesn't have much bitterness. No, I would say this is true to style if one were to put hazy IPA into a style. It's a style, come on. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts on this one? Does anyone hate it? No one hates no it? No one hates it. All right. Wow. Has everyone Good. tried it so far? Yeah, I feel it? like okay. in the craft beer bubble, that literally never happens. Yeah, I feel like someone out there hates it. And you're too shy. Uh, Ash, we just asked a question while everyone is just smashing down pizzas. Yeah, it's yeah. the dumbest thing we've done so yeah. far. Yeah. <laughs> everyone <laughs> eats a pizza, then answer <laughs> the question. Um, do we... What do you think? I'm thinking, oh, what do I think about the beer? Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, I think out of the two, and I've got a bit of a sore throat at the oh, moment, okay. so my palate's well, probably not, not ideal, uh, but I think this is really soft and creamy and, and lovely, whereas the other one maybe a bit too fresh, maybe a couple more days, yeah. and I do know that this was brewed, and it makes me sound like I know more in terms of, the other one's a bit too fresh, I knew this one was packaged before the other one. Right, okay, uh, but it can't have been by much though. Yeah, yeah, it's like a week or okay. something. No, that's fair though, we know that IPAs are especially with fresh hops, they actually do need a few days. Yeah, and I was chatting to some of the guys in New Zealand. Uh, they do the, the Heyday Brewery in New Zealand, and they made one, and it was probably the best I've ever had. It was so gorgeous. But they said when they first got it in the keg, they hated it, and they were just, like, mortified that they had to sell this beer, and they had to tip it out, basically, and they were a startup What did brewery. they hate about it? It was just, uh, like, bitter and acrid and harsh. But they said once it, they left it a week in the keg before they served it, and it was gorgeous. So I kind of get the sense this whole fresh, you know, New England IPAs, we need to do them fresh. 
people are realizing that it does need a bit of time to round out the flavors and, and kind of still mellow. fresh like yeah, that still. that one to three week that's probably your like sweet spot there yeah yeah it's interesting like fresh to a lot of people is six months or oh. to a lot of brewers is six months or 12 months is you know who are, the, who are these brewers well they put best before on their cans for 12 months all right listen you guys can all make fun of me for going to the dark side but we have the shortest best before days <laughs> but that, that like that's true like yeah. carlton draft you go to pubs now and they have those big tanks uh but they have this beer was kegged on and they'll put the date of it on the tap no one does that that's a uh, like that's you know that's admirable and i, I kind of at least they're putting that in the conversation of this has to be fresh. Um, Somebody gave me a hard time for defending that on Beer Thread the other day. But I will say it does make us talk about fresh beer and kegs that don't sit in the sun and lack of oxidation. What does one month Carlton Draft taste like that six month Carlton Draft tastes like? Pasteurized or not pasteurized? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? Does it matter? <laughs> Is yeah, it, it stored in a fridge or did it sit out the back in an alleyway but somewhere? Do you, know, but do you see the angle of my question though? Yeah. yeah, no, but it yeah. does taste different. Right. So oxidation ha- is definitely an issue. Have you done tasting panels with that? Uh, I haven't personally, but I know that the Suntory team does regularly. And it's oxidation that's the main culprit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh. It'd be like that 4% or whatever it is, 5%. Yeah. And, just... is, and it is pasteurized, but it's still going to get oxidation at six months. Mm. And in fact, our kegs have three months best before us, so you wouldn't even ever see a six-month-old keg on the market. Does that include, is that the whole range? Everything. Okay. Interesting. If anyone cares, uh, taste for taste, I like the Three Ravens one better, but I would drink the Hop Nation one at volume way easier. Okay. Controversial. Wow. Um, Has anyone finished their Hop Nation one, the one we just poured and want a taste of the other one? Dave, you want to suss that out? Sure. <laughs> I just sussed everything else out, so. How many was that? May I suggest emptying a water thing and filling That's it with beer? Yeah. Do we want to get a jug, maybe? Who can I sort that out? I also didn't realize I was going to be the actually? only guest here. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. No, just we're going to pour beer into them and then pour them out. Thanks, Asha. I like we've got the head brewer running around getting caressed for us. I feel so privileged right now. So, does anyone have any questions for Tiff before we launch into a... Oh, there you go. The question being, is Goose going to hit airlines, Tiff? Shoot. Uh, you know what's funny? I actually had this conversation with somebody just this week, hopefully, but uh, they have stipulations around size of cans, and I'm not sure what we can fill at Cascade, so maybe yes. Maybe we'll see some floor pines on flights, hopefully. But that's just like a personal wish, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. So it's about the size of the cans? hmm Okay, and what is that? So it needs to be 355 or... 330 three... mils. Right. So last Which I ran... Which is not urban... standard can size. Last I ran Urban Pale, I think is 330. If they can make enough beer to... Yeah, I don't think they can. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, because fresh last I ran Urban Pale is spectacular. Yeah. We, uh, I think we're unashamed fans of that. Yeah, so the last time the Goose team was in town, we went to La Serene, and Cosa was pouring it out of the bright tank for us, and, you know, can't beat that, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we tag you out, Tiff, and get on yeah. Asher? Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, can everyone give Tiff a hand? Always a pleasure. Are you there, Asher? I think I am. Yes, I am. All right. Can you hear me? All good? Yeah. Yep. How's it going? Very well. How are you? Good. You've just finished literally working around us yeah. while we were um, setting up. Busy day? Quite a busy day. Quite a busy start to the year. I was um, hoping, and everyone here will probably know who works here. Chris, I don't know whether you've seen me do it before, but that's my shower space behind us there, <laughs> where the deluge shower is for chemicals, and on a Friday or a Thursday afternoon, if it's the end of the week, I tend to strip down to my undies or swimmers and get... <laughs> I thought I'd save you all that. So um, rather than see me in my undies, you're going to have to smell me if you come close to me. So um, I apo- I'll apologise in advance. I feel like there's probably some window viewing. No, there's... Oh, okay. There's a touch. You can get just through on booth one if okay. anyone's sitting right against the window. I've had someone see me before. But no. okay. I'm, not, I'm not completely naked. I'm right. just mostly... Anyway. 
I like how this has devolved very quickly. Well, <laughs> I'm just very conscious of smells. Okay, so, yeah. so about here. <laughs> Uh, so, you've just put beer into cans, which I think everyone's here had a, has had a yep. taste of. Uh, Gibbs Street Pale... Has that got a batch date on it? Hey, you... that's yesterday's. Yesterday, canned yesterday. Yeah. So, you're putting batch dates? <coughs> yeah, so we put the batch number and use by. So, use okay. by, talking about use bys, um, I yep. argued for perhaps a little bit shorter, but that's, we're going with six months, which cool. hopefully it doesn't sit around for that long. And tell us about the... I guess this is the first time Stomping Ground have put packaged product out. You're doing Pride of Ice yep. and then the Gip Street Pale. So it's quite interesting. Like, they're both... You know, one's a rainbow can, one's a, a green pale. Yep. Uh, how do you think that's going to go on the market? And why those two beers? Uh, so we did... And originally, we did Pride of Ice a couple of years ago. Or not a couple of years ago. It, is, it was in 2016, but it was at the end of the year we brewed it... Um, in preparation for Midsummer Festival, and so we wanted to do the same thing again. Uh, uh, this time we knew we were going to have a canning line, so we decided to package it. Um, and that was to coincide with Midsummer. It was just an easier way, thank you, it was an easier way to get it out into the marketplace into a few other places other than just a select maybe 10 or 15 bars, which is what we did uh, last Midsummer Festival. So that's worked out well. The Gipps Street is kind of our flagship beer, so it's the one we pushed through Movember. Uh, that was obvious, an obvious selection to have uh, as our first core beer to go into can. Um, but other than that, within the next couple of months, I just don't unplug this, I'll just drag it up a bit. Oh, In the yeah. next couple of months, we're going to have... Uh, who's tried the beer on the right over there, the Littlefoot? Yep, one person, two person. Yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah, so that's our mid or low percentage. This one's a little bit higher than mid-strength, this batch, but it's uh, aiming to be about a 3.6% IPA. Uh, that's going to go into can. So is our Laneway Lager and then our Hop Stomper, which okay. is... Okay, so you're going to have a, a, at least a five or six core range of cans. Yeah, yeah. The, pri the Pride of Ice won't be around all the time. Like that's, We'll probably do that annually, as far as I understand it, for, um, for mid-summer. Yeah. Because uh, that's something that we've started to do money goes from those cans, each can, to um, donate to the Midsummer Festival. Yeah, so go, uh, people that don't know, the Midsummer, it's the Midsummer Arts yes. uh, grant. So basically, money from all those cans, they're, they're beautiful rainbow cans, and they go to the Midsummer uh, to uh, support LGBTQI plus uh, artists uh, up and coming. <laughs> so it's, a, it's like such an awesome cause, and it's kind of cool, I guess, from I know, the perspective of people that want to be inclusive in the beer scene, Seeing a brewery put out a beer that is so inclusive that it's, you know, literally putting it on the label. Mm. Um, are you excited, I guess, to I guess see a rainbow can? Did you ever think you'd brew a, a beer with a rainbow can out there? No, well, I didn't even... No. When I first started brewing, I never thought I'd be in this sort of position. So <laughs> it's kind of... A, uh, yeah, it's a funny old thing to be in. But, yeah, no, it's great. It's a colourful can. I love it. Mm. Um, it. It looks good on the shelf. I, I, I like it because I think there's something in saying... If a can looks really juicy and it kind of reminds me of something that's going to be tropical and fruity and something you want to sit down in the park and smash on a hot day, it's got those colours. You associate colours with flavours, I find. Mm. Um, so I tend to steer clear of darker cans just by nature. I don't know yeah. why that is, but yeah. But do you uh, do you steer clear of darker beers then? Are you a, light, a lighter beer? No, drinker? no, I love darker beers. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about the range. How many taps do we have here now at Stomping Ground? <coughs> Because it seems to be growing every day. <laughs> 20 beer taps. Thanks, Chris. So <laughs> I tend to lose track. Uh, I, drink, um, I drink a lot here, but I don't really pay that much attention to the, the bar list. How do you sure. approach brewing beer for 20 taps? To begin with, so this, at this point last year, and actually within a few months of opening up, uh, and I'd been told this by other people who had brew pubs in the industry, that the hardest thing that you would find you could do is manage to keep beer on every tap. And we were hoping to have, at that point, about 14 taps all the time uh, with different beer on them. I think we dropped down to our lowest point at about 10, and that was pretty nerve-wracking for a couple of months. And that was just a lack of tank space. Now we're in a really good position, and, I mean, it, it sort of fluctuates a little bit between, I think, am I right in saying 16 to 18 beers? Chris, that are on at any one point? Because we've got a couple that we, we double up. So the laneway, the high movers like the Gip Street and the laneway are on two taps either side or tap either side of the bar. 
But other than that, it's generally between 16 and 18 different beers on all the time, which um, is a good number to keep, I think. Uh, we consistently move kegs through, through all the range. It's a lot easier to manage now that we've got more tanks. We've got the smaller tanks that you can see behind you. These, these two ones are about half the brew length of the kettle. Those, these three are four times the length. The one just behind is three times the length. So, and, and the one at the front on the right is one times the length. And we started off with, with three doubles, basically, for anyone who understands that, and one single. And then I suppose you won't got three triples, two halves, and another triple. So we've got all this, basically, we're now in a position where we've got the ability to brew basically 135 kegs of one beer or 18 kegs of one beer. Okay. And so, and we, and we can do that, turn that around pretty quickly. So I, I remember chatting to, I think, Guy and yourself on the phone once uh, about having that diversity or the, the, the ability... I think we were sitting out there. Oh, were we? Yeah, I, was oh, okay. I remember it because I was incredibly hungover. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, was, um, and I, it, I like, struggled to swallow my food that day. It was terrible. <laughs> you guys were... Um, you know, you realise that you you got too many big tanks and not enough small tanks. Russia. Yeah, yep. Uh, that was I, fairly early on in the piece. Okay, and yeah. so that's kind of changed now that you've... Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, and, and I think the other thing that's really fun with brewing here... What's that one? Is uh, that the so same one? No, no, that's... Oh. <laughs> did you miss the Jedi Juicy Juicy Jedi spell? Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Uh, you don't have to go through it again. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah. I'll, I'll the same beer brewed in two different breweries. Ah, cool. And yep. they've got a lot of J's in the name. That's the Hop Nation <laughs> one there and the Three Ravens on the right. There yeah, oh, so yeah. Hop Nation, Three oh, Ravens. Yep. Yeah. Excellent, cool. Uh, actually, let's, let's take a break uh, oh, in terms of let's ask what people think about the Three Ravens version that we've just poured out. Thumbs up? Wow, there's oh, some... Oh, we've got a thumbs down. A I thumbs want to hear down. about it, yeah. Is that an ironic thumbs down or an actual thumbs down? Okay. Why? Yeah, I'd agree with that. So Michael just said the, the Hop Nation one is, is softer and creamier. Uh, this one, it does taste like juice. It tastes like uh, orange juice more than the, the first one. It's got a bit more spritz to it, I think, yeah. this one. That might be because I've come in late in the piece and that's lost a bit of gas. But oh, I mean, that, that one, the, the one that you think lost gas came out of the growler. Right. Yes. Um, Oh, that's come out of the tap, has it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So we saw go. quite a few thumbs up for the uh, Three Ravens version. Was that because it was a bit more bitter and spritzy and fun? Is that what it was? Yeah? Okay. Fair enough. I wonder if it's dispensed. Get along to one of the breweries on Saturday and taste the Juicy Jedi, Judy Juicy. Uh, does anyone have any questions for Asher? Do we talk about the other warehouses? Multiple warehouses? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now we're going to. Yeah, yeah we go. can. So... <laughs> Or well, I guess to, to give some background, when this when Stomping yeah. Ground first started, it was this space that we're sitting in. Was was we'd walk in and we're like, oh cool, these guys have got a brewery and it's this space and this is what it's going to be. And then they showed us that space next door and we realised it was huge. But now it's going that way. Uh, for people li- for people listening to the podcast, I'm I'm motioning He's a motioning lot. Motioning a yeah. large distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gesturing. We're moving we're moving west in a westerly direction. Yeah. So we're fortunate in uh, Melbourne that we're in a grid pattern, particularly here in Collingwood. Uh, so we're moving west. The old warehouse next to us, which we moved into in August last year, was basically on our first birthday. We bashed a hole through the wall um, and put up the framework and whatnot. You can see it's actually, thankfully, it's the same floor level, and that hole that was actually an existing. Uh, doorway, maybe, I don't know when, must have been 30 or 40 years ago, because you can see there's a concrete lintel which was we didn't put in place, it was just there. So that building next door runs right through to the next street, and it's only partitioned into three sections by a bit of fibre um, or plasterboard. So we've got this section here next door, and uh, we're hoping to move into the, the next one when we have the chance to grow. Uh, but at this stage, it's great to have a bit more space to play in because up until August last year, everything was in this room here. Apart from, you know, these three big tanks here, a lot of that was in here. So right now, you wouldn't be sitting there. <laughs> You'd be down and maybe in the loading dock or something like that. But um, So what does that mean for business? Look, it's good. We're doing pretty well and um, the growth has been exciting. Uh, it's been a lot of fun going through it and, and, you know, a lot of challenges and whatnot. And I've never been in this position before, so we've, we've all sort of had to grow together. But, uh, 
yeah, I think there's, there's a lot in taking risks um, in the market given there are so many different players nowadays and, you know, every time you take a space of a building, you're taking a huge risk. So we're making it work at the moment and, and the venue's busy and we're selling a lot of beer, so that helps. I'm going to ask the worst question. Cool. And I, and I hate myself for asking it. I may not be able to answer it. Um, oh, no, you are. Oh, uh, we're drinking New England IPAs tonight. Yes. When? I've never done one, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to brew one, yeah. Because oh. that's like... No, that's what everyone wants right now. I don't know that everyone wants it. Oh, they do. Oh, who, there you who go. wants it? Come on, who wants a stomach ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, look. Four, I, only four people put up their hands for yeah, people true. listening. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty accurate response from Asha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, look, I I do like the style. I, for me personally, I don't actually, I don't drink a lot of it because I can generally only have about one. Um, I I don't actually find it that sessional. I, I tend to find it, um, I don't know, it's, I find it really thick in the mouth. Mm. Uh, but that's just me. Like, I know, I understand a lot of people love the, love the style. And, and that's not why I'm not brewing one. But at the time that they started to become popular, it just seemed like every man and his dog wanted to get onto it straight away. <laughs> and we had a few suggestions. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, we could. But so many other people are doing it really well. It's kind of a crowded marketplace for that style at the moment. Maybe I'll let it die down in like two years' time. I'll okay. You, know, you do, bide your time. Just do the retro strike. style. Yeah, right. come in. No, I might even do Does one. Does that mean that your next bit might be a black IPA? Ooh, <laughs> I've done one of them. You done How did one? that go? Yeah, really well. I yeah, did we, one with. Um, where were you, Dave? I was. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, a year so, and a half in the past, I guess. Yeah, yeah I've done, I did it in a collaboration with uh, Sean Sherlock from well, formerly from Murray's, now from Foghorn up at. Um, Newcastle. So we did two beers last year called Fog Stomp. So if anyone knows Silverchair, which a lot of you should, they're a great band <laughs> from Newcastle. Uh, their seminal band, was, uh, seminal album was called uh, Frog Stomp. And so we thought it'd be a funny thing to do Fog Stomp, given they're called. Anyway, I don't really need to explain it, it that yeah, much. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure you can all put two and two together. I hope they're an intelligent crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I know they are. That's, yeah, I'm just Name humour. Gas bagging mm -hmm. here. No one got it, yeah. But yeah, the second, the second beer in that collaboration, which we did in this venue, was a black IPA. Uh, oatmeal IPA, actually. Black oatmeal IPA. Something yeah. a little bit different. Turned out a treat. I loved it. It's one of nice. my favourite beers at the time. And I don't like the style that much either. Like, I, I do, but again, it's something I usually only have one or two of, but... It's interesting, like, uh, Murray's, when he was there, were brewing kind of the premier black IPA, uh, Sean's Fault, yeah. at the time. And that was, like, that was a huge beer at the time in terms of, wow, when that beer comes out, mm. black IPA, it's really cool. And now if people release a black IPA, eh. Yeah, it's, uh, say, it went yeah. through yeah, it went through a bit of a trend. Kind of like the yeah, New I England IPA. Yeah. There's a big debate there that I... Oh, I don't want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really up for that, so that's fine. Do we have uh, questions for Asher about stomping ground? No, oh, three. Uh, if I can't Dave. see you, it's because I'm being blinded by the let's sun. Let's go Dave first. Dave first. No, that's a CIP, so that's a cleaning unit. The um, the tank that's there, we do muck around with with small batch stuff. Um, usually, or it's either that or a propagation tank. We have, on a number of occasions, ordered a pilot kit and then cancelled the pilot kit and ordered the pilot kit and cancelled it. So it's, Wait, been, a, it's been a is it, topic is it, of discussion. It's like, why don't you just do five kegs of this? It's like, why don't you buy me a pilot kit? <laughs> oh, that's right. We tried to buy one. Oh, and then we cancelled it. Yeah. I feel like it could be Steve ordering the pilot kit by cancelling <laughs> it. Is that how this... Yeah, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> I won't agree or disagree on that one. But no, it's... Um, oh. Yeah. It'd be, I, we, we have planned to have one for some time. That is a, is a CIP, so it's a cleaning unit. What we, and just to go a little bit further on mucking around with a few things, um, what I have done with that smaller tank is generally with sours, I'll, I'll do a bulk sour batch, like mash sour, and split off, say, 15 heck into one tank and then three heck into that, and then I'll add different things to it, different ingredients, and flavour it that way. So we'll only ever have five or six kegs of something really odd. But, yeah. I saw some more questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jenny, we'll go Jenny first. Hi there. Who gets to decide what goes on the taps? Uh, it's, it's usually a bit of a group discussion. Like, I, I ultimately decide whether the beer is going to work or not. But um, I'm fortunate in having a lot of people around me that, uh, are, and, and around the brewing team that come to us with ideas all the time. So it's, that's great. And everyone has an idea. Some of them not great. Some of them amazing. Uh, 
so that's been really fun. And, you know, sometimes you kind of... I can kind of get a little bit fatigued with coming up with new things that might be a little bit fun and fanciful. But uh, fortunately, you know, I, I tend to, personally with some things, tend to be a bit more traditional with styles. You don't always need to reinvent the wheel. But then someone comes to me with an idea like, say, perhaps the Manhattan Red that we did with Nola over in Adelaide last year. Uh, I would have never thought to make a Manhattan Red-style IPA, but it actually worked. I, I thought it worked really well. What is a Manhattan Red? So it was meant to be like a Manhattan cocktail. So we added uh, vermouth from May 9, uh, a couple of different bitters and some bourbon. And, uh, is it bourbon? I don't know. I, I kind of forget. Basically made a red IPA with a bit of rye in there. And the flavours came, came across really well. And we matched it with a nice rye whiskey as well. I think it was with Rittenhouse. Mm. But just a beautiful beer and something I never would have thought of. And we've got actually a couple up. Uh, more up our sleeves with um, different groups that have come in and said, let's make this type of cocktail beer. And they're really fu they're fun to make and they're actually really fun to drink. I used to be less of a fan of some wacky styles of beer, but I think once you sort of experiment and you have the opportunity to do that and put it out to, you know, in a venue like this, which we're fortunate to have, um, put it out to the customers and they either like it or don't like it. And when it sells really well, you're like, I never thought that would have sold, but it did. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Let's do it again. Uh, Michael, did you have a question? We so don't, the question we don't, was, given the success of Stomping Ground, yeah. uh, how has that affected... What was the label in question? I'm not sure. Something I, so like half, to, to, to being part of a brewery that's doing something positive. Rather than having half-naked ladies. Yeah, and yeah like, right, right. You know the funniest thing about that? <laughs> um, I, for a time I worked in... Oh, for actually many years. I worked in uh, Illawarra Brewery in uh, Wollongong and we used to make the skinny blonde beard, not the one that went into bottle, <laughs> but we did it under contract into keg. <laughs> it's funny, mate, I was just wondering whether you were trying to bait me there. <laughs> and I'm like, it, wasn't, it wasn't my beer, mate. I just made it under contract. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. Uh, and I think we've, we've gotten involved in a couple of different um, local initiatives and that's that's what we want to do a lot of and we and you know anytime that someone comes to us and wants us to uh you know donate in the way of beer or sort of promote something we we jump at getting involved it's all about in community engagement and you know melbourne's big on that i grew up in new south wales and you don't see as much of it up there that's for sure but it's um it's really fun being down here and it's fun to be in a city where everyone wants to be in that city and wants to be involved in being in that city and that's part of it is, you know, we, we love beer, we love the culture around beer. It's not about just getting loose and carrying on like a pork chop. Uh, there's more to it. Hey, uh, I think we should give that bottle a litre away for that, Possibly. that question. Well, I thought my expansion question was the best one, so I'll take it. Well, no, no, uh, no, no. That Michael, looks great. Come, come up and get that bottle of uh, Goose Island Lolita. Um, although there have been questions about that name, so that might be a, I don't know. <laughs> um, did you guys talk about uh, Midsummer while I was pouring? I didn't this? make it. I don't. Yeah. Um, did you talk about how that campaign's going? Which one? Mid the Pride of Ice, middle yeah, of January. Has yeah. it been talked about? Yeah. I was pouring beers, so middle of January, right? That that it's campaign on now. started. Yeah, yeah. How's it going so far? Oh, I think pretty well. Like we we don't have much of that beer left. It's yeah, nice. sold really well. So that was. We were a little bit late in getting our, um, getting our canning line commissioned and that was because it actually turned up six weeks late. So we, were, we had been hoping to get beer into the marketplace before, um, well before Christmas. Uh, it didn't really turn out that way unfortunately and so we released to the independents at about the same time that we um, did this release with Midsummer and uh, to Dan's and so select places around Melbourne will have it. Uh, independent bottle shops will also have it. So it's... Um, I think it's getting circulated fairly well, but we've sold out uh, just about from here. And um, I think as far as Midsummer's going, it's isn't it nearly over? Like, I have no idea. Not Anyone sure. know about Midsummer? Yeah. Right, this weekend? So yeah. You, what was the target for the uh, charity contribution? Does anyone I, know I, I'm not your best person Not the person, person that's that. okay, He makes the beer, yeah. <laughs> uh, <what's> the, <laughs> you make the beer. Oh, I thought you said I hate the beer. I'm no, like, no, no, I love no, the no, beer. No, no, you make the beer. No. I'm not about hating uh, anything. <laughs> One question for me. Um, at what stage did you decide to go for the mullet haircut? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, Michael, can oh. I get that beer back and we'll just get... <laughs> That's a cracker. I forget that I have it. 
I'm enjoying it. Which is it. bloody amazing. Yeah. I was actually, um, this is a bit of this is a bit of an aside. <laughs> Double impact. That's right. This is a bit of an aside. I went up fishing in the hills last weekend and went through this beautiful country town. I don't know whether any of you know it, Corriong, um, right on the Murray there. Like I grew up in a country town, probably perhaps a little bit rougher than that one. Anyway, really lovely people, and I, I've got a very good mate from uni. The whole family's lovely, and you can see why they're so lovely every time you go to Corriong. And I'm walking down the street straight after I got the fresh mullet cut. And because uh, I had pretty long hair, and people were getting out of my way, like as I was walking down the street. <laughs> what are they doing? Why are they scared of me? Oh, I got back in the car and looked in the mirror. I'm like, shit, a fucking mullet. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so basically, I grew it not so much as a bet, but as a promise to a friend. It Very cool. I'm may last or may it. not. It's good, yeah. Uh, shall we do a quiz? To Sounds give away like this case of, of beer that we're burning through a hole. Sure. Before we do that, does anyone have any last questions for Asher? Fee? I have two last questions. Great. Ah. Part one, go. <laughs> so, stomping ground has been an unanswered Man, that's a good question. We don't have any more prizes. Uh, I, I don't know that it's been, like, yeah, we've been very lucky to have a lot of talent around us. Uh, whether it's been with, you know, Guy, Stephen, Justin or any of the staff that have been involved with the Tap House beforehand working and coming across here and with Matt coming from WA who um, worked in the, uh, what's it called, the brew pub over there. I have a memory like a sieve. The so Monk. Yeah, he worked yeah. in the Monk but then he worked in the... Uh, a second establishment I, and then I've, he came across I've got a memory here. like a sieve when it comes to those sort of things so I, I apologise to you, Matt, if you're listening. Um, so I, I don't know that it's, it's necessarily been an easy ride. We've had some really good sales team that have gone around. Like, and the thing is, the pubs don't have to put us on. They, they put us on um, because we, I, I don't know, maybe because of our approach, maybe the way we deal with them. It's, it's, not, it's not given that we're going to sell beer. So, and we've been lucky to sell beer and we've been lucky to keep selling beer. And so in that, in that sense, and you know, the venue is, speaks for itself. But not everyone who comes to this venue is going to go drink at the local pub down the road. They may come to this venue and then go on from there and not even know about the local pub down the road, which also sells our beer. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think there's... The, if, if anyone knows anything about the, the three guys that run Gabs and started the Tap House, they know that they're willing to take a risk and in, in doing something in a venue this size in Collingwood at the time that we did. It's, it's kind of a big risk. So, and, and, you know, it's a paid off. I think it's also probably fair to say that uh, Steve, Guy, Justin, Matt, yourself uh, have put in enough hard yards beforehand to yeah, earn yeah. enough credit where, uh, where other people that are just unknown and starting out might have a well, few questions. People know that there's a lot behind. There's a lot, there was a lot of work done, you know, with, <laughs> with, and no, also, with no like money the, coming and in and also for the beer's a long that time. good as well because um, yeah. the Gips, like, Gips, Gips Street, I can't think of how long it was out before it got a silver or gold at the Aber Awards. It was a very, very short oh, time. Oh, that was the first batch we brewed out of here. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when you come out with beer that strong, it sort of yeah. speaks for itself, I guess. Hey, can I throw this back at you, Fee? Do you think they've had an easy ride? Wait, the other side of the river from who? <laughs> from the local. <laughs> 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 no, look... No, yeah, and, that, and you make a good point in saying um, Steve's pretty big on that in, in putting a scale out there for perhaps people who haven't been drinking craft for as long as uh, anyone in this room or anyone listening. Um, we want as many people as possible to drink good beer and so, and sometimes people maybe need a bit of direction. You don't, you don't want to assume that everyone's an idiot but at the same time you kind of maybe have to say, well, this one's pretty full on, maybe this one's not so much, just depends on what you feel like. Let them decide for themselves based off that description and then you can go from there. And, and the venue's done that consistently from the start. The tap house did it to some extent, but not, not in a way where we say easy drinking, moderate, or you know, I, I forget even the top end of the scale. Oh, I think I wrote them. Uh, uh, easy challenging, wrote them. challenging, yeah. Challenging was it? <laughs> yeah, I wrote all them. Why are you answering this question? <laughs> oh man. I mean, I, I, but I guess from my perspective, because I've, I've worked with the team at, at Gabs and Stomping Ground for a couple of years now, and I guess they don't coast. There's no coasting on what they've done. You know, you could, they could have easily rolled out the tap house and they could easily roll out stomping around to 100 venues around the country, like, you know, like a beer deluxe kind of a thing. Not to badmouth beer deluxe because they do good stuff, but they could coast on that, but they don't. They, everything they do, you know, guys out here today chatting to people, chatting to someone from a new brew pub, they really care about things. And I guess um, 
yeah, they've they've put all this on for us for for very low cost. So, yeah, it, it is interesting, and I, and I can see that kind of perspective. But yeah, I, I, think, I think an an initial leg up is a fair observation and comment. But they through hard work, they deserve it. I think, and um, with Gabs especially, I don't know if many people do more to introduce new drinkers to good beer than uh, Stephen Guy do. So, I've I've been on Skype calls with Stephen Guy at three a.m. in the morning, arguing about if a beer is an American amber and amber ale. Um, <laughs> while they're running a huge festival, uh, so they really get into the nitty-gritty. So, yeah. They don't sleep. Brick, enough. go. <laughs> <laughs> Littlefoot, yes. Ah, good. So Brick's Glad just you asked, asked that question. Uh, the makeup of the Littlefoot, which yeah. is also, if you don't know, is uh, available on tap in our little uh, mini bar. So <laughs> the hops in this beer, the Littlefoot, uh, and this is something that I wanted to make for so long. I wanted to make a low AB, ABV. Uh, IPA. I wanted to actually make it lower if I could, but I, I couldn't convince um, the others around me to what do that. What was that conversation like? It's like <laughs> it was. We had another beer that was on about the same percentage. Well, we've got that one. Why do we need this one? I'm like, I'll, I'll make it different. It's going to be heavier in malt character. It's going to be more full on with hops. It'll just work a little bit better than that one will, and it'll be the same percentage. So it'll be like drinking what my aim was to make it taste like a, a strong pale ale, or at least a quite a hoppy pale ale. And be you know below four percent, and I think I think we've done pretty well with that. It, actually, to be fair, what we do here is we have, um, and we haven't done one in a while. And we've, you guys have got to start planning that, Chris. Uh, the next um, staff beer. So we, we get the staff who are behind the bar because we've got there are four of us now uh, in the brewery, and uh, quite a few more people in the staff uh, who work either in the, or not so much the kitchen. They haven't really gotten involved in that, but the um, on the floor and in, in behind the bar. We get them to do a beer once, you know, every two or three months. So they come up with an idea and we brew it and it's called the Staff Brew. The very first incarnation of this beer was a Staff Brew and so they came up with a Session IPA. We did it and to be, to be fair, I wanted to do something like this, but <laughs> all I had, it was, a, it was a 10 heck batch, so it was an 18 heck batch. I had a bunch of different hops in the freezer ready to go for, well, they weren't ready to go, they were kind of leftovers from other beers, and I thought, oh, shit, I'll just throw them all at this beer. <laughs> and it worked pretty well, and everyone loved it, and I'm like, oh, okay, that was a, I would, never would have tried that combination. The hops are Rewaka Centennial, so Rewaka from New Zealand, Centennial from the States. Rewaka. Rewaka. Kiwi's always yeah. good. Bloody Aussies never pronounce anything right. No, You're fair enough. Me. Come on. <laughs> are you okay with Maori or do I have to do that? Maori. 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 I'm no good yeah, at that. Yeah. <laughs> so Rewaka, uh, Centennial and uh, Sriracha Ace, which is kind of... There you go. It's an odd one. It's, you can pick it from a mile away though. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny one. Some people really dislike it and some um, like it a lot. I... I think the, th the reason for me, and, and this beer sells really well over the bar, uh, I think the reason it works is because Sriracha is such a strong flavour. It's used in pretty much equal parts with Rewaka and Centennial, but in a beer that's lighter on for, um, for alcohol, you need something else that's going to get people to say, whoa, what's going on there? If you had too much booze with the, with the Sriracha, it may not work. It'll be maybe a little bit too much and too full on as a beer, but I drink pine after pine of this on a hot day. And, and love it. Um, and I actually still quite like Sriracha. You don't? No? I think a lot of people had a question. Oh. That's, that, you so thinking, just you thinking that is exactly that decision as well as the fact that the three, so if anyone, that won't be in the... Repeat the question and then... So answer. basically the question was what, what was, what was the decision to make the venue um, kid-friendly and, you know, basically there's a playground here if anyone who hasn't been here. Uh, there are a lot of areas where the kids can sort of hang around and, and you see a lot of kids intermingling different... You, no, they've never met each other, but you know, one, of the, one of the director's guy, uh, his little girl came in. I remember him saying to me one time, it was quite funny, she just came up to me and she said, oh, I've made a friend over there and I've made a friend over there and we're, we're just playing around. They weren't carrying on like idiots, but they're just, they're just hanging around. And so the decision to... Um, That's like me in the pub. I go out to Emirates <laughs> after a night and I'm like, friend. I made a friend there and a friend there. And, <laughs> and then I made an enemy over there, yeah. so I'm not going back over there. Uh, no, the decision was kind of that. You, we, as, as is sort of the common theme, we want everyone to enjoy beer. And, you know, if you've got kids... And, and again, I, th I think I find this in Melbourne, say, perhaps more than other states, um, particularly maybe where I've grown up, 
there are a lot more places where people can take their kids down here for a beer and it is something that I'd like to see more of, like, you know, people taking their kids to the pub and, and not having to worry about some idiot getting drunk and falling over the pram or whatnot. You want, you want people to be relaxed and, and associate your kids with, with what is a cultural aspect in Australia without the, you know, the violence or whatnot that may go along with it. That, as well as the fact that all the, all the three, um, you know, Justin, Guy and Steve, all had kids around a similar time. So they're all of that age as they were planning this venue. And they're like, well, we want other people like us to be able to take their kids to this venue and do what we've done. And so that, that's, a, that's a big part of it. I remember one of the Fridays that you opened um, just this section of the bar that was open. Yep. Uh, and I came down here for a drink to see what was up. And I looked for Guy and he was sitting down here just surrounded by kids and yeah. was playing with them. And I was like, oh, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, he wants exactly. To bring all that around and that just translates into what's become a yeah. very family-friendly environment. And I think <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I think we're going to wrap up. Uh, does anyone have a burning question before we wrap up? Ooh, Chris, Chris go. Okay, the question's about <laughs> if, if Stomping Ground is... I feel like you're asking that because you know this. But... Okay, is Stomping Ground ever going to rival Goose <laughs> Island <laughs> in terms of barrel stuff? Yeah. It's been something that we've, all of us have always wanted to do. And How I've, many barrels do Goose have, Tiff? Oh, shut up. 4,000? No, it's a lot more than that, I think, yeah. 15,000. How, how, how far off 15,000 barrels are you, Asha? No one cares, Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The brewery? Wow. wow. Founders okay. bought 25,000 barrels. Their Imperial Stout. That's, that's in a different conversation. But Tiff, defend that. No. Okay. Uh. <laughs> um, well, God, maybe. Hopefully one day. That'd be great. It's, the barrel thing, I don't know whether any of you have seen out the back there. We've got quite a few barrels. It takes time, as you all know. It's something that probably needs a bit more management than what we're perhaps able to give it now. Uh, or what I'm able to give it now, and it's something I really want to work on this year. I, I love barrel-aged beer, and you know I've been to the States a couple of times in recent years, and to see the growth, and, and over that period, there were a couple of breweries in particular, Freem being one of them, where they didn't have a barrel program, and now they've got a really extensive barrel program. And after I, after I walked out of that brewery and saw things that they were doing, a few, a few little interesting things, I was like, wow got me really excited, I wanted to come back and do that and then you get back into the workplace and you're like, oh shit, I'm tied up with this. So it takes time, it really, but it, fortunately, you can put beer in there and if you've got the right culture and you've treated the barrels well, it's gonna take time anyway, so uh, there's definitely gonna be a position there for someone to actually manage that. Uh, Until output. then, how do you talk Stephen Guy into buying heaps of barrels? Buying, <laughs> buying heaps of barrels isn't expensive, I've, I've fortunate I've been fortunate enough to make a few good contacts. Um, some of them through actually Hop Nation, through Dunk, who's uh, sure, he's yeah. a winemaker as well. Um, I owe a lot to that bloke, great guy. Uh, so we've been fortunate to get a lot of a lot of barrels at a fairly good price, and we'll continue to do so. So it's not going to be something that's hard to keep doing, I think. And every time I say, "Hey, I want to buy some barrels," it's like, "Yeah, cool, buy them." Um, but that's actually reminded me I do have to make another one every year of I've made a lambic so that consecutive years will nice. basically be That's able to blend. Can, can we call good. it a lambic? We'll just talk about that off mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you call it? If you read uh, I've got ideas, but we'll talk about that off mic. Yeah, we'll okay, do Austra great. Australian wild ale. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yep. So, so called Australian lambic. wild ale. Yeah. <laughs> AWA. Um, sounds now good. we need we really need to wrap up. Uh, sure. We we our sound guy has to has to bail. He's got other things going on. Oh, okay. Good lord. Uh, right. But once we wrap up, once we've turned everything off, we're going to do a giveaway. So stick around, and then we're going to finish the beers that we've got. Thank you so much for everyone that's given us free stuff for this night. Unbelievable. Asha uh, for the, Asha, the beer. Uh, Josh from Moondog for the case of jumping the. Sh Whatever it is. Yeah, jumping the shark. Yeah. Yep. We have announced it. Okay, jumping yep. the shark. Um, Hop Nation, yeah. Three Ravens, Toe Hider. Uh, Toe Hider have an awesome Patreon as well where he's recording a new cover song every week. <laughs> Writing a new song every week uh, for the Patreon, and it's dope. Uh, and the guy that drew our logo, the new whale that we've got recently, uh, is also part of Toe Hider, and so he does artwork. It's, it's the best Patreon 
Get behind to, uh, second best. Goose Island. Goose Island. Thank Island. you for Goose yes. Island. I've got a list here, Chris. Thank you. I'm not done yet. <laughs> now I don't know who I forgot. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, Stomping Ground. Uh, yeah, Stomping Ground. For hosting ground. us for free. Yes. Uh, and thank you to all of you for coming along. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've felt like you've got your money worth. And I hope you've had some pizza and some beers. And we're going to do a little quiz. So. If you had a good time, let us know. Because if you didn't, we won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't, don't talk to us. <laughs> Asher, thank you so much. Tiff, thank you, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Mike, for the sound as well. Cheers.